You're listening to South Asia Sphere from Himal South Asian, a bi-weekly roundup of what's been happening across South Asia. This episode was recorded on 5th September 2023. Hi everyone and welcome to South Asia Sphere, our fortnightly roundup of news events and regional affairs. I'm Raisa and I'm joined by my colleague and assistant editor Shweta Srikanthan. Hi Shweta. Hi Raisa. So for this episode we're going to be talking about Kashmirwala and the state of media in Kashmir and debates around a new map from China and Bhutan China boundary talks. For around South Asia in 5 minutes we'll be talking about caste atrocities in India, the recent launch of the Chandrayaan-3 space mission, Afghanistan banning women from national parks and the recent killing of a female YouTuber. the Indian Editors Guild's pushback on Karnataka's fact-check unit, the increase in cases of HIV and AIDS in Sri Lanka, Bangladesh court orders to delete Tariq Rahman's speeches on social media, and a recent Nepali Supreme Court decision on child marriage. Let's begin with what's happening in Kashmir. Thanks, Raisa. So on 19th August, staff members of the independent Kashmir-based news outlet Kashmirwala found that their website and social media accounts had been blocked. It was later confirmed that the block was carried out under the Information Technology Act 2000. The Indian government has not formally provided a reason so far, although Section 69A of the IT Act allows for the blocking of websites in the interests of maintaining India's sovereignty and national security among other reasons. Kashmirwala also received an eviction notice to vacate their offices. and the site's editor Fahad Shah has been imprisoned for over a year for articles that the government says is seditious and quote anti-India while one of its contributors Sajad Gul has been imprisoned under the Public Safety Act this crackdown on Kashmirwala is emblematic of the broader clampdown on media and press freedom in Kashmir i do not see fahad's arrest as an isolated incident it is obviously in line with several other summons or cases that kashmirwala has been facing or even other journalists in kashmir have been facing if you are working in a conflict zone like kashmir there is always a danger in journalism uh, you have to tell the truth in november 2021 the jammu and kashmir government created the state investigation agency for the investigation and prosecution of cases related to terrorism but so far most of the people targeted by this body have been journalists In the recent past journalists have been summoned for interrogation and had their houses raided and now the clampdown is also impacting the media who report on press freedom in Kashmir In early September the BBC released a report based on a year's investigation into what it called a sinister and systematic campaign to intimidate and silence the press which detailed numerous arrests and questioning of journalists by police The Jammu and Kashmir police is now threatening legal action for misreporting facts while the BBC said it stands by its reporting. Due to an increasing number of detentions, many publications have also taken to deleting thousands of articles which the freelance journalist Akash Hassan described as an erasure of memory to the Committee to Protect Journalists. Arthur Zia, the editor of an online journal Kashmir Lit, also wrote that the website for the journal was hacked and taken down adding that writers were also requesting for the deletion of their articles for fear of becoming targets 
At times, journalists from Kashmir have been placed on no-fly lists, a key case being that of Sana Irshad Mattu, who was prevented from flying to receive her Pulitzer Prize for her reporting of COVID-19 in India. Recently, several Kashmiri journalists received emails asking them to surrender their passports for being a, quote, security threat. We spoke about this in a previous edition of South Asia Sphere as well. Do look out for that in our episode notes. On August 28th, China's Ministry of Natural Resources released a map which caused concern and pushback from India as it included the northeastern state of Arunachal Pradesh and the disputed Akshay Chin Plateau as China's territory. In response, China has asked India to stay calm while Reuters reported that Chinese President Xi Jinping may skip the G20 meetings in Delhi over the fallout from the incident, which has also received pushback from Taiwan, Vietnam, Malaysia and the Philippines. This incident comes just days after Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi and Xi Jinping spoke on the sidelines of the BRICS summit in Johannesburg. The source of these tensions is the poorly demarcated line of actual control along the Himalaya, and relations have worsened since 2020 when there was a clash at Galwan Valley. We do have a piece written by Shahid Ahmed that revisits the history around the line of actual control, so do reread that in the episode notes. Meanwhile, a new technical team has been set up by Bhutan and China for delimitation of the disputed border. Now, this was the outcome of a meeting held in Beijing on August 21st, specifically to discuss Bhutan-China boundary issues. During this meeting, it was reported that there were discussions to, in the future, implement a three-step roadmap, which has not been made public yet. There have been 13 of these meetings so far, and more are planned. However, there has been a long history of boundary talks between the two countries, which began in 1984, according to the Hindustan Times. More recently, in 2017, after a 73-day confrontation in Doklam, when Chinese forces attempted to build a road in an area claimed by Bhutan, there have been attempts to settle this disputed border. We've covered the Doklam border dispute in a past episode of South Asia Sphere as well, and we'll link to that in the episode notes. And now for our next segment, Around South Asia in 5 Minutes. In Uttar Pradesh, the Neha Public School in Muzaffarnagar came under the spotlight when a video surfaced of one of its teachers instructing students to hit one of their classmates while referring to his Muslim faith. Following a police complaint by the boy's family, the teacher faces a case of causing hurt and intentional insult. However, both offences are bailable and do not lead to immediate arrest. In interviews to news channels, she dismissed her actions, saying that they were necessary to control children in school and denying it as a Hindu-Muslim issue. Days later, a 14-year-old girl died by suicide in the Barabanki district, also in Uttar Pradesh, because she questioned her teachers after she had paid her school fees, but was given a slip showing an amount lower than what she had paid. In response, two teachers continually taunted the student over her poverty and for being from an oppressed caste background. The girl's parents also told NDTV that they were unable to file an FIR until they approached the superintendent of police. 
लैंडर मॉड्यूल पूरी तरह से सेफली और सॉफ्टली चंद्रमा के सतह पे लैंड हो चुका है ये हम लोगों के लिए बहुत ही गर्व की बात है हिंदी में एक कहावत है कि चंदा मामा दूर के लेकिन अब हम ये कह सकते हैं कि चंदा मामा अपने घर के ऑन ऑगस्ट ट्वेंटी थर्ड इंडिया मेड हिस्ट्री बाई बिकमिंग दर्स्ट कंट्री टू लैंड Days after a Russian probe crashed in the same region, India's rover named Pragyan or Wisdom is already at work mapping the lunar surface, most likely searching for water. So far, the rover has already detected the presence of several elements, including oxygen, sulfur, iron, and silicon on the surface, with more discoveries expected in the near future. including investigating the cause of a seemingly natural event on August 26 which caused vibration of the rovers on the lunar surface a little over a week later on September 2nd india launched the aditya l1 rocket carrying scientific instruments to observe the sun's outermost layers back on earth pundits on social media compared the cost of the chandrayaan mission with white elephant projects such as the lotus tower in colombo in sri lanka while others asked if the money couldn't have been spent on more urgent needs but it's undeniable that both missions are significant achievements for india especially as india is only the fourth country to make the landing on the moon after the us russia and china in yet another move to erase afghan women from public life the taliban has banned women from the afghan national park bandi amir sparking widespread criticism Mohammad Khalid Hanafi the Taliban's minister for the promotion of virtue and the prevention of vice claimed the women visiting the national park were not wearing the mandatory hijab properly and that sightseeing was not a must for women however afghan women told radio free europe that women who were visiting the park were already being questioned before the ban shopkeepers stationed near the national park feared the drop in visitors would impact their businesses The holy shrine to the Prophet Ali in the park was also a site of major religious and cultural significance for Muslim pilgrims. آخرین دستور طالبان به زنان این است که زنان را از رفتن به بند امیر منع کردند. ما امروز شاید هستیم که مهدیت ها بالای زنان زیاد میشه با امید از اینکه حکومت امارات اسلامی دلیل داشته باشه که چرا خواستن که Meanwhile, the editor of Cartoon Movement said that two cartoons dealing with oppression of women under the Taliban were removed by Meta for violating the platform's policies. The Cartoon Movement editor said, quote, I believe cartoons also have an important role in the public debate and cartoonists should be able to produce political satire without fear of having it taken down randomly, end quote. In other news from Afghanistan concerns are being raised about the female YouTuber Hora Sadat who died under mysterious circumstances in Kabul on the 21st of August reports suggested that she was poisoned while attending a public event and two suspected people were arrested according to the Taliban reports have variously pointed fingers at the Taliban and personal enemies as the perpetrators with many noting that Sadat also produced videos on social issues though she did not publicly criticize the Taliban India's editors guild has voiced concern over a proposed fact checking unit set up by the government of Karnataka to monitor misinformation the guild called for the government to identify the scope and powers of this proposed unit and the governing mechanism under which it would operate 
adding that it hoped the government would not use it as a tool to quash dissent in a formal statement. In response, Minister Priyank Karke said that the unit would be apolitical and devoid of bias, and that the ministry was looking at the establishment of independent bodies for fact-checking. In Sri Lanka, there has been a reported increase in cases of HIV and AIDS according to the National STD AIDS Control Program, with Sri Lanka reporting 181 new HIV cases, a 9% increase from the previous quarter and an increase compared to the same time period in 2022. Dr. Janaki Vidana-Pathirana, the director of the National STD AIDS Control Program, said the expansion of testing capacity after the pandemic, the lack of sex education and unchanged behavior with regard to unprotected sex were among the factors leading to the increase. The UNFPA also highlights stigma and discrimination as being barriers to HIV prevention and treatment in Sri Lanka. In Bangladesh, a court order was issued to the state-run regulator to delete speeches of the acting chairman of the Bangladesh National Party, Tariq Rahman, from social media. The incident is only the latest crackdown on the BNP leader, who is currently exiled in London. This act of censorship is a further blow to the BNP, after Rahman was sentenced to nine years in prison on corruption charges and a court in Dhaka ordered to seize his assets. Given planned elections in January 2024, this is also a blow as BNP has been fighting to make an electoral comeback given public discontent with the spiraling cost of living. We covered Rahman's latest sentence in a previous episode of South Asia Sphere, so do check that out in the episode notes. In Nepal, a recently released judgment by Nepal's Supreme Court has drawn criticism for diluting the concept of statutory rape. The Supreme Court held that an adult male who had married a female minor was not guilty of child rape or kidnapping, but only child marriage. In doing so, it overturned an 11-year prison term and reduced his term to just six months with a fine of 10,000 Nepali rupees. The court held that statutory rape didn't apply as the couple were married after the girl, who was not yet 16, claimed that they were in love. Given that in Nepal, nearly 38% of women in the age group of 20 to 49 were married before the age of 18, activists have noted that the decision sends a message that child marriage is not considered a serious issue and warned that this could lead to an increase in child marriages as a result. And now for our next segment, Bookmarked. Raisa, do you have any recommendations? Thanks, Shweta. Yes, I do. So, um, this episode I'm recommending Don't Expect Anything, which is directed by the Swiss uh, Didier Nussbaumer. And it was uploaded on a YouTube channel called ISI Dhamma. So this short film is broadly about past lives and it kind of focuses on the story of a mischievous 12-year-old girl who is very playful, very in touch with nature and very content with her life. But while she is kind of sitting in the fields one day, she um, has this vision and she kind of sees that she she was a very well-known um, Buddhist monk in a past life and she kind of then calls on her parents to take her 
take her to see the place where this monk once stayed. And it basically follows her attempts to make sense of this vision and uh, trying to live up to the kind of Buddhist principles that he advocated and kind of ends up where it started, full circle, with her uh, returning to um, her family and thinking about how to apply it in her day-to-day life. So this is broadly what the story is. And while the theme of it was past lives, it was kind of the opening segment of the movie, uh, which raised some controversy in Myanmar. So this this film um, was kind of shot and is set in Myanmar. And it's this one particular scene where this girl confronts a Buddhist monk in a temple and she kind of says that the life that she sees around her doesn't reflect the Buddhist principles that the monk is preaching. And she also very fearlessly challenges the monk and says that um, even monks nowadays have kind of fallen victim to corruption and she kind of challenges him very fearlessly and the monk uh, responds and says she's spiritually very mature and doesn't react in the movie. But in real life, that particular scene seems to have caused quite a bit of controversy in Myanmar. And as a result of it, the junta announced that it was going to take legal action against 14 people in this movie for using offensive and disrespectful language. And they have said that they have insulted the virtue of Buddhist monks. Um, They've also said that the movie harms Myanmar's culture and Buddhist traditions. So um, a pro-Hunta telegram uh, channel reported that 14 people were arrested over this movie um, on August 8th. And it has even displayed photographs of 11 detainees, including the 12-year-old girl who stars in the movie. So this is uh, obviously a very unfortunate uh, turn of events and it does definitely amount to censorship Because if you look at the whole film, it's very clear that it is kind of talking about Buddhist principles and kind of, you know, implementing them in your day-to-day life and kind of uh, responding to hatred with love. And these kind of principles are broadly what the film is about. But it seems that the very fearless way that she challenged the monk in the movie, which is something that I noticed when I was watching as well, has um, just led to controversy and has led to this uh, crackdown um, with even a 12-year-old girl uh, being arrested, um, which is very unfortunate and is clearly a crackdown on freedom of expression. Shweta, what did, what did you think? Yes, Raisa. This incident reminded me of the Sri Lankan stand-up comedian Natasha Adiri Surya, who was arrested in May this year under the ICCPR Act. Um, She was arrested based on allegations that she had made derogatory remarks about Buddhism and a Buddhist girls' school during her performance in a comedy show in April. And this show kind of went viral and it triggered a wave of outrage among viewers. Um, There was hate speech, harsh criticism online, and even death threats followed. Um, So there's some 
parallels here on how kind of states crack down on creative expression in the name of kind of protecting religious belief, um, not just in Myanmar, but also across the region. Thanks, Shweta. Yeah, I fully agree. It did remind me of that case as well. And I was thinking about it when I was watching this as well. Um, also parallels with one of our big stories about um, the silencing of, you know, journalism in Kashmir. Yes, definitely echoes of this happening all across the region. But on that note, that's it for this edition of South Asia Sphere. Do tune in for the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to South Asia Sphere. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Himal South Asian social media channels to make sure you don't miss the next episode. Head to our website, himalmag.com, to see more of Himal's work. And please support our work by becoming a member. Check out our membership plans at himalmag.com slash membership.